Hi, and welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's most popular podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I am the founder of AwardsDaily.com, and I'm here with three of our editors, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi there. So we are just joining, trying to keep our podcast fairly regular for you all, since we know you love it. Um, I, I say that because of the traffic statistics. I'm not sitting here bragging, but certainly <laughs> wouldn't get that feeling from Twitter, but <laughs> it looks like it's a very popular <laughs> podcast. Um, so Mark Johnson has just come back from the Middleburg Film Festival, where Belfast has won the Audience Award, and it also won the Audience Award in um, Mill Valley, of yeah. course, right? So we're going to talk about the uh, the film festival situation in Belfast, and we're going to then move into the Golden Globes and their big announcement. And then we're just going to kind of hop around and, and see what we want to talk about after that. So, Mark, take it away. How was Middleburg? Oh, it was very nice. Uh, really well put together and, um, you know, beautiful landscapes and, and whatnot. And they had a lot of, you know, besides the great movies and, and documentaries that they had there, um, a lot of what they call conversations that happened on the side with you know, makeup uh, artists and women in uh, film music. Um, they had a Oscar panel, uh, like an Oscar pundits panel, where the audience mm-hmm. could kind of interact with uh, a few of our colleagues, including Jazz, who used to be part of Words Daily. Now That's writing. right, superstar. Yeah, she is, and she is the sweetest. Yeah, she she's is. just terrific. I love her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of fun things to do kind of on the side along with the movies. And mm-hmm. their slate there that they had was uh, a lot of what we saw at Telluride. And, and then, um, you know, not everything, but a little bit more that we didn't have at Telluride. So I caught up with a lot of the things that I missed at Telluride, especially the, for, the international films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to see King Richard and Belfast both the second time. And... Uh, King Richard, I actually ended up liking a lot more this time around. Mm. Not that I didn't like it in Telluride, but it had the uh, unfortunate uh, scheduling to follow Belfast while we were there. So (laughs) (laughs) that was just still on a high from Belfast (laughs) when I saw it. and um, So I liked it a lot more this time uh, around. In Telluride, I was, I think, mostly focused on Will Smith because that was the big, like, is he going to win? This time I was kind of able to take in, you know, some of the supporting cast. Uh, and kind of keep an eye on like Anjanou Ellis, who plays Brandy right. Williams, and uh, I really loved Sanaya and uh, Sydney, who plays Venus. Um, really enjoyed those two ladies this this time around with mm-hmm. a little closer look. Uh, I was able to see Citizen Ash, the documentary about tennis legend Arthur Ashe. Um, got Asghar Farhadi's um, A Hero in, uh, Celine Siamas Petite Maman. Uh, oh, the one that I was most excited about, I think, going in was, and I, can't, I think you say his name, Joaquin Trier, uh, the worst person in the world, which I really liked. And it's mm. not a, not at all what I thought it would be. I, I don't know why I thought it would be more maybe like an as like a, almost like an international version of as good as it gets kind of where, you know, just terrible mm. <laughs> person at the center of it. But it's really there's a lot more. Uh, depth to it and it's not as funny as maybe um, I probably thought it would be so it's funny at times but it's more in, uh, more more of a drama than anything uh, then the secret screening was Parallel Mothers uh, Pedro Maldivar's film and 
I really, really love that. And I'm not a huge Almodovar fan. Um, it's kind of hit or miss for me with him, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed uh, Parallel Mothers. Penelope Cruz was really good. Can understand why she won the prize at Venice. I think screenplay uh, is something that I would look for here as well because it's really good. Um, and then the newcomer, Melina Smith, who plays opposite. She's the other mother. She's really uh, terrific in it as well. Then I get to see The Humans. Um, Richard Jenkins is the one that's probably you're hearing the most buzz about right now, and he's terrific. Everybody in it's great. It's a good ensemble. It's based on a, a stage play by Stephen Karam, uh, and he was there to introduce the film. Um, it's it's an interesting film because it's um, – I don't know how much you guys know about it, but it's a – I didn't know much going in. It's a, it's a family drama that kind of – becomes a psychological thriller as as the evening way wears on it all takes place mm. on thanksgiving evening in a cramped uh old falling apart new york um apartment and it's a play right mm. it was a play <clears throat> yeah it's based on mm-hmm. based on stephen Karam's stage play yeah oh yeah, you said that already didn't you and i was yeah. like just yeah, not that's listening okay. that's okay um, uh, i'm amy, sorry <laughs> amy schumer amy schumer has all the funny line like she's she's great uh Jane Howdy Shell is the mom, and I she was my favorite part of of the film. Yeah. Uh, after that was Rebecca Hall's directorial debut, Passing, uh, which will be on Netflix soon. That's with Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. Um, I don't have a ton of great things to say about that one. I will say the performances were great, and it's beautifully shot. I think it needed to be a little bit edgier of mm. a film for the story for the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I kind of was hoping for yeah um and then wrapped up the festival with belfast which as you mentioned coming in that it's playing well everywhere right we loved it in telluride toronto gave it the audience award and now um middleburg and mill valley are following suit it just and it just plays so well the second time too um just yeah every every bit of it i just i adore so great movie and everybody everybody there loved it and they received the only standing ovation of any of the movies that I saw. Um, I think Jockey, I read, also received a standing ovation for Clifton Collins, who was wow. there. Um, but haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, the thing about Belfast is that it's um, Belfast takes you out the door in such a good mood. Like that's really the key with yeah. movies like that. Yeah. Like um, I remember the artist did the same thing. The very last scene of the artist is so uh, uplifting and joyful. And I feel like with this, it, it, um, you know, Harvey Weinstein could roll with this thing. So yeah. He could steamroll the whole mm. season with it. Um, I, you know, I hope that it, I, I think it's going to charm people no matter what. And I think people are just right. so depressed and so demoralized by this past year that they're looking for something that's going to pull them out of it, you know? Yeah. And this will do Absolutely. the trick. And then the rescue, uh, the documentary, Jimmy Chin, Ch- Jimmy Chin. Yeah. Yeah. Chai, uh, he... Chai, the, the woman's name is a little harder to pronounce. Yeah. yeah. Chai, uh, sorry. So, yeah. The directors <laughs> so, of, um, free solo. Oh yeah. Free solo. Yeah. So they, their film, the rescue, which we saw in Telluride won the audience award for documentary as well there. Yeah. It's really good. And that takes place in, is it Thailand? I think Thailand. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, did you know about that story? Oh, yeah. Um, there's been another documentary about it, I think. Um, and 
Yeah, I've heard a lot about it, and everyone I know who lives in Thailand is really looking forward to it. Is of course a really big story there. Yeah, and yeah. it was a. I mean, it's a big story here too. There's uh, who's, who's produ- the National Geographic is producing that, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yep. didn't they finance it? Yeah. Yeah. Suppose, I, sure. And I think there is a there's a fictionalized version of, and not fictionalized, but a, a live a narrative. I mean, if the narrative film being made oh. about it too, I think Viggo oh. Mortensen is going to be in it. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. I think that's under under in the works right now, so nice. it's a big story, and it's a, and it's a another one of those stories. I think it's going to be really uplifting for everyone who sees yeah. it. For it's sure, be one of the few good um, documentaries. Yeah, the you... divers. I mean, I I was just kind of in awe, uh, you know, watching <laughs> it. I I wasn't too familiar with what happened. I don't pay attention to the news since John Stewart went away. Um, so I wasn't as familiar, and so I was kind of. I mean, Sasha was with me. I I. Were you with us when that when we saw that? No, I can't remember. Okay, yeah, I thought you had left. Um, so that was I was like on the edge of my seat because it was Me so too. like yeah. intense and and great. And I think yeah, even if you know the ending, it, you're still likely to be uh, on the edge of your seat. It's just really good, really great doc. I think because you don't really know, even if you know the end of the story, you think you know the story, but you don't really know the story because you don't yeah. know who it is that they get to get to go into those caves and what it takes to go into those caves and everything they had to go through to get those kids out of there, man. It's, it's like, yeah, the less you know about it going in the better. Don't Google it, you know, don't Google it and find out anything. Just go watch the movie. It's much more fun that way. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I thought it was just a really well done. Jimmy Chin's participation, I think is less than his wife's just in this case, because what he's doing, for Free Solo, he was one of the climbers who filmed um, Alex Holmhold. What's his name? Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Alex. Alex. You call him Alex. Yeah, you know Alex. What's his name? Alex. <laughs> um, and he climbed and he, he took all those one all that wonderful footage of um, of him on the, the uh, rocks. And so he was a big part of Free Solo. But in this, he, he does some filming, but it's mostly to reenact some of the cave stuff. So when you're watching, you can tell the difference with if it's really beautiful and high resolution, that's Jimmy Chen, who is like the greatest yeah. photographer um, and if it's not, then it's just those people down there with their, whatever their cell phones or whatever they have to film. It is an incredible story. It's just an incredible, I can't wait for everybody to see it so that we can all talk about it. Cause I don't want to ruin the surprise if you don't know the story. It's, um, it's quite something. It's really, they should be proud of it. I actually do think it's better than free solo. I know you don't agree with me on that Mark, but I do think it's, I mean, it's, it's close. It's, it's in that same range. It's. I liked both a lot. Yeah, they both. Let me get... just back up. A... Go ahead. I'll back up a minute, and the the, the movie, the uh, that's the other film that's being uh, made about the same story is directed by Ron Howard, and oh. it's going to have Viggo Mortensen and Colin Farrell and Joel Edgerton, oh, and nice. um, it's written by William Nicholson, who wrote uh, co-wrote Gladiator and co-wrote Elizabeth the Golden Age. So he's. You know, he knows a lot of people know what they're doing with this movie. Good oh, pedigree yeah. for this story. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's great. I'm really happy to hear that. I'm... Started <clears throat> filming this year and we'll wrap in Thailand filming and I guess we'll be out next year. Wow. Nice. That's great. I mean, I, yeah. And the characters that the, these, I won't, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to tell any, anybody anything about it actually, but. Yeah, we, it's be hard to spoil though, because it is an, a new story that was. Right. But people may not be, 
may not know about the details and about the final resolution and everything. And it's better to keep that suspense. You're right. Well, just that you find out about the characters. I mean, she she pays attention to like their love lives and their personal lives. That's what made Free Solo so good, I thought, was that we, we got to see mm-hmm. him fall in love with this woman who he's married to now and she's pregnant with his baby. Um, and in much the same way, this kind of a little bit delves, like she doesn't ignore the women in their lives, in other words. If they're doing something dangerous, the women are at home waiting for them, you know. Um, and of course, the parents of the kids, like it's just, and those kids, I mean, come on now, like <laughs> the divers for are for one thing heroes, but those kids, they survived in that cave for what was it, 10 days with no light, no food. <clears throat> and no yeah. water. I mean, wow, right? 10 days. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would last a day. I would have a panic attack <laughs> in one day. I did under under I did cave diving with uh in with Rick in in Mexico. And I was like, I had to sit there and like, you know, squeeze my fist, look away, do anything I could to not have a panic attack. And I that was just for like 20 minutes in the in the cave underneath the you know, in the, in the cave. Cause there's, there's no light source. It's completely pitch mm. black. There's no light coming from anywhere unless you have a light. Otherwise you're in total darkness. So I don't know how these kids survived it. I really don't. I bet you they don't even remember how they survived. You know, they just, mm. they must've yeah. just slept in the entire time and waited. And they didn't know what day was what day, you know, and they didn't know when it was morning or night. Mm. It was just one long thing for them. And then mm. finally, Somebody showed up. And the kids, I think, were only, I think they were between the ages of like 11 and 15 or something. Yep. So they're just, you know, yeah. They were, yeah. And it, I mean, it's an incredible movie. You'll have to see how they get them and what they do and how they keep them alive. It's it's pretty cool. It's really good. It's it's. I, I think that, you know, in a, in a different kind of year, maybe with a different kind of publicist, I don't know, if I was National Geographic, I might totally go for this. You could theoretically get a picture like that into Best Picture with the 10. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's yeah. not impossible, right? Yeah. So um, let's move on. And uh, and did you do uh, the the North Carolina Film Festival yet? Or is that next week? It's Clarence. this week. It's this week. Okay, so what's yeah. happening there? And when does that start? Um, it started last night as we were recording, which is Monday night, um, with a tribute to Diane Warren, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, I actually drove over to um, where the, f- the festival is happening to mm-hmm. um, speak with her because I wasn't able to attend the session. But uh, our friend Carol arranged a uh, an interview. So I got to talk to her. She was very pleasant. Um, they did a – she received the festival's Spotlight Award, um, which is kind of their big prestigious uh, award, mm-hmm. and um, presented most of her so- – or a, a selection of her songs to um, a laser light show, which looked pretty cool from what I saw on um, – uh, on Twitter or online. Uh, and then she had a Q and a with Katie, uh, rich from vanity fair. Wow. Um, and then, uh, they're showing most of the, pretty much all the same films, um, that we saw at Telluride tonight as we were recording King Richard is playing, um, a lot of the Netflix, um, products. So the lost daughter passing, um, what else? Uh, I don't remember what else. Um, Red Rocket, uh, Chris Burgock is a huge uh, friend of this festival. This is actually where he premiered, or um, their very first film that they showed was The Florida Project. Wow. So okay. he'll be there. 
in a Q&A Friday night uh, moderated by um, Awards Radar's Joey Magison. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they've got films uh, playing through the rest of the of the weekend. They were not able to show. I don't know if I should say this. I guess it's I guess it's not a problem, but you can decide, Sasha, and cut it out if you need to. They were not able to show Power of the Dog because the theater in which they booked the festival did not have 4K um, screening capabilities, and Netflix right. would not allow them to show it unless it was in 4K. That's right. Mm. So that was disappointing because I really wanted to see that. And they're closing with Spencer on um, on uh, Sunday night. They have a lot of foreign films, um, Hand of God, uh, Hero, um, The Worst Woman in the World is also going to show there. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze in as much as I can. Um, I was toying with going to see um, French Dispatch tomorrow night, but I don't mm-hmm. know that I hate myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> the, the really quickly, the, uh, the the North that film festival is pretty young. It's it just is. getting started. It's, it's got um, Carol Marshall, who used to run the uh, the uh, Santa Barbara Film Festival, is now on on North Carolina. So they're trying to build it up. It's a nine one nine, I think they call it. Um, yes. Is it nine one nine? And film so, Fest 919. Phil, and yeah, and Carol is actually my really, really <laughs> good friend, full disclosure. I love her. And so we're, we're always willing and happy to do um, anything we can for the fest. Um, so I hope that they, you know, that they can really get it off the ground. I, apparently, it's a very nice place to visit. And so people like to go to it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've done Middleburg and we've done 919. And so now I guess we should move on to the fact that the Golden Globes have announced defiantly that they are, in fact, going to announce their timeline. And they very defiantly took back their January 9th (laughs) date from the Critics' Choice, which apparently got them very upset that that the Globes came back and reclaimed their spot in the race. But see, I don't think that the the Critics' Choice... can should can you know should complain about that considering they took the date in order to take their place right right yes. exactly i think they made the first uh, passive aggressive yeah mostly aggressive move there mostly aggressive it wasn't even passive aggressive it was a really you know it was a really overt kind of like in your face kind of thing for them to do so i think it's totally within the rights of the golden globes to you know hit back in the, with the same I, well, I think so. At the Go same ahead. level, yeah. Yeah, and the Critics' Choice grabbed that date before any official notification was made that the Golden Globes for 2022 um, w- would be canceled. They, they Nobody had ever said that. They just said the show itself as it aired on the NBC network would not take place. They never mm-hmm. said that the Golden Globes wouldn't happen. No one has ever said that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can't get upset for the Golden Globes coming back and saying, oh, on January 9th, we're going to have our show, because they never said they wouldn't. Right. They just said right. it wasn't going to be on yeah. NBC. Yeah. NBC just didn't want to have to deal with the hassle of all the shit mm-hmm. storms that are coming, you know. Um, and I understand that. I really do. It's just such a sticky area, you know. Um, they just didn't want to have to deal with the boycotts and the calls and the protests and stuff. Um, but I don't know what the Globes are going to do. Like, I don't, I still don't know. Are they going to just have a press conference? I know we joked about that last time, but um, are they going to have a, you know, a press conference? Are they going to, is some, not, another network going to pick up the show? You know, how's it going to work? Um, it's still the same night. It could as be the like the Gotham's where they have a, have an event and it's, and it's, and it's filmed 
but it's not maybe it streams or maybe it is on uh, right. youtube or something uh-huh. like the ba- like the uh, toronto did remember the toronto film festival yeah. how they had their awards mm-hmm. where they just had a few people benedict cumberbatch or whatever came up and talked and you know anybody who the other thing about the globes is people complain about them all the publicists and everybody but at the end of the day they want their movies picked by the golden globes they still have prestige that that nobody else has because They've been around since it's the seventies, right, Ryan? Is, it, is that how long they've been around, or is it the fifties? Oh, they've been around since, yeah, even before that. I think yeah. as early as the nineteen forties. I think mm-hmm. that's longer. when they started. So they have yeah. a place in the industry that a lot of other people don't. That's why the New York Film Critics is so prestigious because they've been around since the thirties, and the National Board of Review has also been around that long. You know, the uh, LA Film Critics I think started in nineteen seventy-five, I believe. Um, but a lot of these critics awards, um, they, they haven't been around that long, but, but some of the ones that have been around, they have a history, they have a legacy, they have an impact. And what I like about the Golden Globes, as I've said many times on the website, is that they're outside the bubble of the film critics. Like, for instance, we were just talking about The Last Duel, which Clarence has just seen. That is like Globes kind of movie, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's 100% their kind of movie. You could see them picking Ridley Scott for director, for picture, for actress, for actor, you know. And that would launch it into the race. Uh, the critics are never mm-hmm. going to do that. The critics mm-hmm. are never going to launch a movie like The Last Duel into the race. They'll, they'll go for something like Red Rocket, you know, um, to put in the race. But the, they're never going to go for The Last Duel. That's not their thing. You know, they don't like the big movies, but the Globes do. And the Oscars do, and the industry do. And the reason that they like those movies, by the way, other than the fact that they're entertaining, is that that it was in the past their bread and butter, right? Because if movies are released to the public and they make a lot of money, then that keeps them working, you know, job after job mm-hmm. after job. Obviously, now things are changing because there's more streaming stuff and the audience isn't as important as it used to be. Um, so, you know, we're dealing with a kind of a different situation now. But... Very, very, very fast changes happening in the last year and going forward to this year. Um, we don't know where we're going to be when all of this is said and done, right? Right. The uh, Golden Globe's first one was in 1944, honoring the films of 1943. That's the first time the Golden Globes were held. Wow. And like, yeah, so they've been around forever. And... Uh, I'm not sure, but for the for the Critics' Choice Awards, do they notify the winners in advance that they are going to win, so they so they can be more sure that they're going to show up, or is it a surprise at the event? I've never done that actually. It seems like to me that it seems like that sometimes the only people in a category that that do show up are the winners. And (laughs) I haven't really paid that much attention to the show, really, to tell you the truth. But it seems like to me that that's the way it is, that they don't show everybody's face when they read off the list of nominees. And it just turns out that the winner's always there. It's like they know. How would you like to go to the... But I might be be wrong about that. But I'm wondering if the Golden Globes may do the same thing this year to make sure that they have some celebrity presence presence at their awards too so that everyone doesn't decide to go to the tv show for the for the critics choice and then there's nobody there to accept the awards for right. whatever the, the globes do yeah that's a good point i mean i i wish that i had a contact there that i could ask them these questions because i think these are really really interesting um i don't actually know that about the critics choice but i have often wondered that i know with that with can remember how it's like jane campion's been called back 
<laughs> so we know that she's right. winning you something. Tell, you can know. tell who's going to win by who mm. is, who's staying in town. Right. If they haven't left town already, then they're going to be winning something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in this case, um, I, I think I, not to be mean, and you guys tell me if I should cut this out or not, but I'm just saying, like, would you hate to go to the Critics' Choice and have to endure all that only to lose? <laughs> I know, right? Can yeah. you imagine? It's like, you mean I had to come here and sit here and talk to all these people <laughs> for nothing? No. And if you're a Critics' Choice member, you get all the screenings. I know. That's the best part. Of course, Ryan gets yeah. a lot of screeners. Now. I'm lucky. Yeah, I get, I'm really lucky. With, with, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, 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 just, I, can't, I haven't started rolling in yet, but when they do, it's like every morning you just open the door and there's like a stack on the, on the front porch right by the door. It's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yes, that's the thing I miss the most about COVID, pandemic, about real I pandemic know. was all the I swag. Know. <laughs> I know. Every I know. day you'd get a box and it'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> Do you think that it's coming back? Do you think there's going to be swag? I, I don't think it's coming back. Oh no! But the Colin it's like Powell. Getting care packages, right? We would just get yeah. bottles of wine and all kinds of stuff show up yeah. at the front doors. It's amazing. The Underground Railroad team sent me an entire crate of wine. Oh my god! <laughs> Come like, on! Nah. Uh, yeah, it was so heavy that the uh, the UPS person wouldn't even take it up the stairs to my house. I had to go oh and get it myself. Oh my god! <laughs> that was three bottles of wine. A the book. A, a $50 gift certificate to an African-American-owned bookstore in Los Angeles and something else. I mean, it was insane. Like Netflix, some of the stuff they sent last year, like the um, – oh, what was the name of that movie with uh, – oh, I can't remember. Um, Devil All the Time. They sent a Devil All the Time. They had a, a camera that was – it was a brand-new Polaroid camera, but it was made to look like a really old one. Um, oh, And wow. then the book – food gift certificates to DoorDash so that I could order uh -huh. food when I watched the movie. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I, I didn't get that one, but I did get the others with like, and it would, it, they would often have a, a DoorDash thing or, yep. or all kinds of little goodies to watch when, and then once I think some one of them came with a blanket so you could cuddle up and watch the movie yep. with your, with your, it was so, it was like a suitcase full of stuff. Cuddle up and watch the and, movie with your, with your dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what you dot, said, Ryan. You go cuddle up and watch with your. I didn't want to get stepped in some kind of gender situation <laughs> where it would leave somebody out. You go with your with your dot dot. Yada yada yada. In my case, it's like with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> with my cat, right? Well, in, in fact, uh, Sasha, do you remember? I, I don't know if you got this, Ryan, but do you remember, Sasha, the um, the New Year's Eve yes. gift set with the champagne bottles and those two flutes? Those Was that the one with the socks? Uh -huh. The Netflix socks? Yes, yeah, socks. The yeah. socks and so, the robe? Um, while I was in uh, Telluride, my wife broke one of the flutes. <laughs> and I came back and I'm like, you broke the Netflix flute. <laughs> Those things were so fragile, though. They were, they were just so yeah, tall and thin and just incredibly fragile. I think I gave mine, mine to Michael. Him. You know, he got the whole set. He took it home. Um, right. Michael, I, did you say? Yeah, I yeah. kept the socks. <laughs> I like the socks. Art what are you trying I, to say, Mark? I was just saying when when my when my flutes were delivered, they were already broken. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, it was like, eh, what can you do? Oh, oh no! No big deal. I've got a closet have... full of the robes that I've gotten. <laughs> like I could have a whole harem in this house now. <laughs> like a Netflix robe? 
Yeah. Here, here like, you go. <laughs> a black, I got a black one. I've got a white one. That's <laughs> I don't awesome, even wear dude. Robes, but... Look, I swag is the greatest thing. It is literally the best thing about the job. And the only problem for me is like, this is TMI, and I'll probably cut it out. But like, if I'm on like a low carb thing. And they send me these food treats, like gifts. It's it's a problem, like donuts and scones and <laughs> bagels and locks. It's like, what are you doing to me? I can't resist this stuff. <laughs> See, we're too far away for that. We don't get any food. By the All time right. we get cookies, you could throw them out the window and break glass. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like, you know, I just can't believe that they're sending it to me. Like Sofia Coppola, I think, for one of her movies, whatever it was, she sent wasn't there a movie a Sofia Coppola movie somewhere in there um what was that movie with Bill Murray that, oh that, oh uh on the rocks on the rocks she sent like a you know a huge like swag bag from some New York gourmet you know it was like uh coffee cakes and bagels <laughs> I was like oh shit can't resist this so yeah that was a bummer but i love the swag and i actually think now that colin powell has died sorry colin powell i'm so sorry about that but i i feel like people are going to be a little more conservative in terms of events so maybe we will get another round of <laughs> beautiful gifts um, covid i'm in it for the swag <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I still have the Netflix champagne, though. It's still in the, it's still in the refrigerator. Yeah, I know, right? I don't have, haven't had any reason to, nobody to drink it with. Well, that's, that's one it. thing it's, about it's, it's hard to drink champagne on your own. You know, you need someone. Yeah, because you, know. you have to drink easy. the whole I mean, thing. You can't recork <laughs> it. Right. <laughs> but it's nice mm. to have for a special occasion. It is nice. I I swear I have like five bottles of champagne just sitting there. It's so sad. I'm like, oh, (laughs) God, what am I going to (laughs) do? All right. Okay. So let's move on. Um, All right. So can anything take down Belfast is the question. And do you think that Belfast is going to get hit with some sort of crazy um, hit piece? And then I think we should move on to um, what we think the Golden Globes are going to do. Unless you guys have a suggestion as to where we should take this next. I think that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Belfast can get hit with a, you know, it's a story about a white guy by a white guy. That's to me, that's the only real, and, and Van Morrison. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to stick. Though. I don't see how that can stick. I really don't think. I agree. Yeah. The Van Morrison thing I'm not sure about, but the, but the white guy thing, people are just going to have to learn to get over that. They're going to have to realize that some stories, that's just the, that's just what the story is. You know, it'd be, it'd be weird if he had like a black brother or something. But I think Van Morrison, I'm not sure about this, but I think he's out there doing a concert with Eric Clapton. <laughs> like, oh, no. I, I think they are. I think they're doing like Freedom Tour or mm. something. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe it happened already. But if he's doing that mm. in the middle of Oscar season, that that's not going to help the movie. I mean, not that he cares. Well, it's going to hurt. It's yeah. going to hurt him. I don't know that it hurts the movie. Don't think so. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't look at that movie and think that's a Van Morrison movie. I look at that movie and think, okay, it's a movie right. with Van Morrison songs. Well, yeah, because he's such a, you know, he's the king of Belfast. But but I only say that because Steve Pond and Ann Thompson both mentioned that in their write-ups. Um, you know, people I, are... I think, I think Belfast is an untouchable uh, film. And I think, if anything... 
they can split the vote and go with Gene Campion for director, right? But still, award, but still award the film picture. If if the white male situation is is a problem, they could always do that. Um, but I and then maybe it wins picture and screenplay and a couple other things. But I think it wins I picture think, screenplay and then yeah. what do you think? I, I saw Clayton put out supporting actress. Yeah, Balfi I think's up there. Um, I think. Hines could win supporting actor, I think screenplay or cinematography, editing. There's a lot. And I think uh I just at the end of it, I think that movie's just irresistible and you know, it's kinda maybe like a slumdog millionaire slash the artist where everybody's gonna fall in love with it. That's what I'm wondering. Is it gonna be that kind of a year? Because the fact that it's yeah. winning everything, I wonder, is it just gonna come through and even win like the DGA, the PGA, everything? You know, is it is it going to be that movie or are we going to have some because I did I did my exhaustive chart and I found that in the era of the expanded ballot, it's not that common that they share best actor and best picture. In fact, it's pretty rare. It happened right. in 2011, yeah. 2010 and 2011. And that's it. So um, and they'd like to spread the wealth, you know, with 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 more than five nominees. So um I think that uh, that it's possible that that King Richard. I think King Richard's probably its only competition right now. Maybe something else will come out that is better. But for now, it feels to me like those are the two sort of strongest. And Power of the yep. Dog is also very strong. But I don't know if it's strong for Best Picture. Um, but it's 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 certainly up there in terms of the best films of the year. Would you guys agree? Yeah, that I think the fact that she is one of the front runners to win. And it has so many other areas it's going to show up in actor, supporting actress, cinematography, screenplay, et cetera. I think that keeps it at a close three um, yeah. in, in yeah. the list. It's going, then, to, it's going to be a leader of nominations. I don't know that it leads the nominations, but yeah, it, it, it'll be one of them for sure. Yeah. I hope that the last. I get duel... the impression, not, I'm, I'm not the only one who hasn't seen it of, of the four of us, but it, I get the impression that it's a kind of subject of material that is. Maybe would have been difficult to carry off, but she does carry it off. It's divisive. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, even more yeah. than that, it's like a it's like a complex. So, because I know the novel, and so I oh, know okay. the the way yep. the, the way that the way that the story twists and turns unexpectedly, and it can be a tricky thing to handle the the tonal shifts and everything. But if she does carry that off, and it sounds like she did, then that's sort of a tour de force kind of thing. That maybe because I don't know how how flashy the direction in Belfast is um, in comparison. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty comparable. I think they're both okay. very well directed. And I think, um, yeah, I think there's, I think they're just going to have other places to, to reward Kenneth Branagh with screenplay and picture and mm-hmm. Jane Campion's yeah. best I, shot as director. Right. Although I think, I think adapted screenplay, she's, probably the front runner there too yeah Mm -hmm. i agree with that um the thing is is is, um belfast is the kind of movie that in the old days kenneth Branagh would win best director yeah just because it's um it's a comeback story for him i mean he's been around forever and when he first started he had a lot of promise people compared him to Laurence Olivier and you know they they really thought he was going to be like the great white hope basically the the wunderkind but then things, you know, his movies just never, he never quite lived up to that promise. But he's come back with a movie that's probably, 
I mean, it has to be the best film he's ever made, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, for sure. In my opinion, yeah. He's, yeah, he's come sure. around. He's learned a lot of lessons. He's honed his craft, as it were. And he's telling his own personal story. And he's made that very rare thing, which is a good movie. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to understand that concept. But a good movie will be a good movie for the next 20 years, right? People will look back on it, they'll watch it, they'll go, yeah, that's a that's a really good good movie. You know, even mm-hmm. if it's not the greatest movie, they understand why it won, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Belfast, it's it might be the kind of thing where it's it's like the artist and it's like the King's Speech where you watch it and your first experience is the one that you know that that takes you to the place where you're gonna pick it. Um, Slumdog Millionaire is another good example, as you said, yeah. Mark. Is yeah. that it makes you feel so good at the time. And then later when you revisit it, you think, you know, that wasn't like Slumbug Millionaire wasn't to me when I revisited it. I didn't think it was that as Aww. good as I thought it was when I first saw it. But I don't think that's the case with Belfast because I feel like there's, there's a kind of authenticity with that movie that because it's his own story and he's telling, you know, he's telling a truth, but he's telling it from the perspective of a kid who had a goofy sort of optimistic view of the world. And in a, in a sense, it reminds me of um, Oliver from 1968. And it's weird that Oliver won in 1968, right? Because when you think of 1968, you think um, RFK being assassinated, Martin Luther King being assassinated. One of the hardest years America has ever gone through is 1968. And the film that won was Oliver, right? It's always kind of run counter to <laughs> what's awesome. happening. So in a sense, like <laughs> Belfast feels a little like Oliver in kind of a time yeah. that feels very like 1968, although it feels like we're living in endless 1968. <laughs> it's never going to move past 1968. <laughs> but um, so I think that there's going to be a problem in terms of, you know, the scenario of a mosque or so white and all that. But I think that um, ultimately I think it's going to win people over in a way that uh, that will probably get at the Producers Guild. I'm I'm going to say that it has a pretty good chance of winning the Directors Guild, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that Jane Campion wins, but... I mean, with the Directors Guild, you're talking about 16,000 members, right? That means 16,000 people are going to have to decide on a split between picture and director, which they did and they have done many times. But... You tell me, what do you think? Do you think that's possible? Or do you think that if it's going to be Jane Campion, it's got to also be Power of the Dog for Best Picture, Producers Guild, Best Picture? I I think it's either split Belfast Campion or or Belfast sweeps and gets gets director two. I think it's got to get director two because I feel like it's Kenneth Branagh, you know, who's coming in with this great success, why wouldn't they give him also director? Remember when mm-hmm. it was... Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't see Power of the Dog running the table in, in, across every category like that, but I can see Belfast doing it. Right. Even again, speaking from not having seen either one of them, but just just from listening to it, what do you guys say and what I've heard and read and everything, it doesn't seem like Power of the Dog is the kind of movie yeah. that would go, walk home with five or six Oscars does not feel like it to me. Bel- Belfast is the type of film, I think, that 
could, and I'm going to speak for myself, I could see checking it down the line for a lot yeah. of stuff, mm-hmm. right? I think I think it could win seven or eight, which we haven't had one of those in a while. What do you think right? it could uh, win? What What would you so pick? I think, so I think what it, what it could win, I'm not saying will or anything, right. but picture, director, screenplay, supporting actress, supporting actor, cinematography, editing. Okay. That would be a song. And song could be eight. I think that's its uphill challenge. It's not going to win but... song. It's not going to win song. Not that's, a... Yeah, that'll that'll no. be hard. Poor Van um, the Man. He's not going to win it this time. But yeah, not after the seven. vaccine debacle. But I, I think I, th- I don't think it's going to win both supporting categories. But I think it could win picture direct. Okay, so we know in the area of the expanded ballot, generally speaking, mm-hmm. three Oscars is what they win, right? So it could yeah. win picture, it could win. But if it is a movie like Sl- Slumdog Millionaire, um, right. that movie was in 2008. So it was before they expanded the ballot. And it was like really the last kind of big sweep that we've had. But it just depends on how much people love the movie. I feel like the Academy members are going to rally around it because I feel like they're going to be mm-hmm. Um, frustrated with the way things went last year and that they're going to not be able to help themselves. And when it's them alone in their ball in their room with their ballot, they're just going to, their heart is going to tell them to pick Belfast. Yep. So I think it's going to win cinematography. I think it's going to win editing in general with the, with the uh, expanded ballot, the, 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 the film that wins editing and um, cinematography and the tech awards generally doesn't win best picture. So it's like you have gravity and you have 12 years a slave or you have spotlight and you have the revenant or you have um, Mank. Mank or Mad Max or any of these movies that win the sort of technical awards. But I feel like with Belfast, the cinematography is so good yeah. that, and I think people are going to love it so much that they're just going to go click. I, I think you're really right about that, Mark. But 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 again, we have to remember there's still a lot of movies we haven't oh, seen. Oh yeah, it's but, early. You know, we haven't seen House of Gucci. We haven't seen West Side Story. Um, we haven't seen uh, that Adam McKay Night- movie. Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Uh, right? Licorice Pizza. There's still a bunch. Licorice Pizza, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that looks like a feel-good movie, yep. you know? Tick, tick, boom. Like, tick, there's tick, a lot. Boom. I mean, there's still a ton to see. Yeah. And the thing about Jane Campion and, and also The Lost Daughter, and the only reason I bring that up is that if this movie wasn't being handled by Netflix, it would be completely forgotten. But the fact that they're handling it means you have to pay attention to it because she, Lisa Tabak, is the in my opinion, the best in the business. So I think if, in my opinion, if she's handling a movie, then I think it's going to do a lot better than it would otherwise. So that's why I keep Power of the Dog as a potential split or, you know, going to win some major awards. What, if, if Belfast took picture, director, screenplay, and editing, what, would, what could uh, Power of the Dog win? Adapted screenplay. Adapted it screenplay. could win supporting actress with their... Uh... Uh, Kirsten Dunst, it could win Cumberbatch for actor. Uh, cinematography was would be a big one for it. Score. score. Yeah, Johnny Greenwood, right? Okay, but nobody's beating Will Smith, right? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so after seeing it a second time, but I think I think Power of the Dog's best shot right now is adapted screenplay. Right. It's got it's got to be the heavy front runner there. What would be its main competition? I th- I think Dune, but I know you no, guys no, don't. No, so no, maybe the Lost Daughter, maybe Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley would be the one because that's got Guillermo yeah. and Kim Morgan, my friend Kim. You're right. Yep. So 
<clears throat> that would be that, but I don't think anybody's beating uh, Power of the yeah. Dog for that. It's I also a really good adaptation. But from just the looks of it, from from just the, it has the best trailer of the year for one thing. And the trailer, and the trailer itself is visually is just amazing. It's so, so good. So the movie is anything like yeah. But the thing I've always loved about her, and the reason that I humiliated myself and burst into tears in front of her. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. No, it was horrible. It reminded yeah. me of, do you remember we came home and we watched that Princess Die documentary? Was that me and you or was that me and Clarence I, or me and Michael? I, I can't remember, but. was It wasn't me. All right. So we watched this thing and this 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 old English guy was like, had been waiting all night to meet Princess Diana. And when she finally showed up, he burst into tears. That's what I felt like. I was like that guy. <laughs> I just, I couldn't help it. I tried not to do it, but I couldn't help it. But it, it's only because to me, I, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, women can never make movies as good as men. Like they just can't. But when I saw Jane Campion's work, I thought, wow, you know what? They can. And she's that good. You know, she is that good. And I'm, I've seen some other women like Sofia Coppola, I think is, uh, is great. And Ava DuVernay is somebody that I think is, is really good. I feel like they, Bigelow. and Bigelow, of course. Yeah. yeah. These are yeah. women who are very visual, right? You have to be really visual to make great movies. Um, Jane Campion's a painter, you know, she was an artist first. And, um, and so, and I, I, I think the power of the dog, I think it'll surprise people, but I also think that in 2021, I feel like people are bereft. They're, hollowed out they're sad they're horrified and so that's going to play into the oscar race they're not going to like lean into misery you know they're going to lean into pleasure and they're going to lean into happiness and something that gives them hope and that's belfast really all right so let's do mm -hmm. golden globes really quickly i know you guys have got to go right do we have five more minutes or something yeah i can, I can wrap up with globes maybe yeah so what do you think uh the globes will do for a musical West Side Story. Yeah, that makes sense. West Side Story. All right, let's do quick five. So, Clarence, you don't think yeah. that the um, everybody's talking about Jamie would make it in, right? I don't. I think it's too small. And so, w what do we have left? We have In the Heights, West Side Story, Evan Hansen. So, so we're talking musicals and comedy, right? Right, but don't you think it's going to be all musicals? I mean, I don't know. What's which way is King Richard going to go and uh, Don't Look Up, I heard, is more of a comedy, I think, from that trailer, mm. too. Yeah. Mm. So so there's probably a couple in there. Like, Don't Look Up, I would I would bet in that, on that. Yeah, it's good. good uh, Licorice Pizza could be a comedy. I could see them going that way. Right. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, but if it is French just... French Dispatch. If it is, yeah, exactly. If it is just musicals, it would be In the Heights, mm -hmm. Evan Hansen, West Side Story... Um, tick, may, tick, boom. Tick, mm, tick, tick, boom. And then maybe respect, right? I know people are maybe. saying it wouldn't go in that, but it doesn't have a chance otherwise. Yeah. I, so. I think other films like Ray and uh, Walk the Line, films like Respect went comedy musical. So. Don't forget Cyrano. Yeah, and Cyrano. Cyrano. Oh, shit. No, that's getting in for sure. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. So Globes need like 10 musical categories right now. And one of the reasons that I have high hopes for Cyrano is that Dinklage is probably going to get nominated for Best Actor. And so mm -hmm. Best Picture and Best Actor, you know, yeah. are connected. So I think it has a better chance than most of getting in. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's not just going to be a musical that's just sitting there. Like, it's got to have something tied to it, whether it's the director or the actors. Um, do you think Cyrano's good enough to get in for Best Picture? I, I think it's good enough. I don't... I mean, the reaction from people who are seeing it isn't what I thought it would be after Telluride. Like, I I had it in my 10 at Telluride. Now I'm, I have it down at 15. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Really? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't see as much love for that movie. Well, I'm so surprised because you, you got such really enthusiastic reaction in Telluride from all, from yeah. all of you. I, I thought. I know it was one of the first movies you saw. I think, and you, everyone was just so. You were all just really excited and blown away that someone managed to make a movie like that in the middle of yeah. the of the yeah, lockdown. It was, and that's, it was just an, just everyone was thrilled to be back at the movies again, to see a movie like that being made yeah. again. Yeah, it's a, so it's a good, a little bit. it's a good, no, not, not for me. It hasn't, but like, I, I just haven't, everybody that's seeing it doesn't seem, they seem a little more lukewarm on it from what I'm reading, but I don't know. Mm. It's a good theater movie. And, um, I think the globes really save that film a little bit. Cause I think that's where it'll get maybe like a second wind. If, if yeah. it needs it. Well, I will say the same thing I said after Telluride. It's not a festival movie. It's not going to yeah. appeal to people yeah. that love Spencer and the people that loved Power Red of the Rocket. Dog. Red <laughs> Rocket. It is, yeah. it is the yeah, antithesis right. of that. It is going to be <laughs> an Academy movie. It is an, yeah. a movie that they will go see, and it's got it's 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 a lot like um, Last Duel in that way, in that it's a full-on motion picture, and that it's got all the the cinematography, the costumes, you know, it's got every quadrant working toward creating a really strong film. Yeah. And I think they're going to, they're going to respect that. I think they're going to love Joe Wright coming back and saying, right. I am going to make this movie during the pandemic. I am going to celebrate being together. Like, I don't know, Ryan, you haven't seen this, but the first 10 minutes, there's so many people flooding the screen. There's so much activity. There's just, it's it's almost like I can't believe this was made during the pandemic because there's there's so much going on. There's so much collectiveness and 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 people working together and people being together in the same scene. And um, it's just you know I and especially in a year where um, he's had the woman in the window taken away from him right. and butchered by the studio, and then he comes back mm-hmm. and he makes an artistic film uh, that is closer to his heart. I think they're going to celebrate that. I really do. I, I would not take the festival circuit at, you know, where that film's worth lies. Or film critics. Like, I think that that this is where the Globes can save the movie because what the Globes do is they build a bridge from a film like that to the Academy. And it's like the critics can't do that because the critics are not plugged into that. They they have a different agenda. And that's even the broadcast film critics because they're still critics. They're still plugged into film Twitter. They still have that same sort of aesthetic the Globes don't. They never have. So I, I, the thing I'll, I'll say about um, Cyrano is I have noticed exactly uh, what Mark is talking about. I've, I've talked to people who've seen it and are disappointed and don't like it. So I don't know how that's going to end up. But I do know one thing about it is that these two, Joe Wright and um, um, what's her name, are, are actually like out there all of the time. Like they're really willing to show up and go places and pitch this thing. They're everywhere, right? They're everywhere in Telluride. So that that is going to make a difference, I think, in terms of, um, you know, the visibility. The, they're they're definitely going to go and and do the meet and greets at the Globes, right? For instance, they're already talking to me about uh, interviewing him. 
and it's October, and the movie doesn't come out until December. Yeah, they're they're pushing it hard, and I don't think that's a bad awesome. idea. Like, I think first of all, Peter Dinklage is incredible. I would recommend the movie just on his performance alone. But secondly, the Globes gives them five categories for the actors, right? So she could Haley Bennett can get in for best actor there. Mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage can win the Globes, yeah. right? Unless King Richard goes into comedy, which I don't think it will, but it might. But if it doesn't, Peter Dinklage is clear to win that, right? So he's already won an Oscar, I mean, a, a Globe. Well, I mean, will he show up? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's not the Globes, right? It's not well, him winning in front of a crowd. Cyrano is one of those movies where the Golden Globes could absolutely give it six or seven nominations. Right. Because yeah. they just love it. It's got a chance, yeah. Yeah, the thing one of the, one of the things that might get in its way is uh, I think MGM had Cyrano right, and they have Licorice Pizza and House of Gucci as well. Right. So you know, will they be able to prioritize that over those two? I don't know. Um, right. You know, that's that might be its. Well, House of Gucci might go into comedy too, right? You were talking yeah. about those other movies, no. but that might just cock block a whole bunch of movies. <laughs> that's not going to go into comedy. No, yeah, I heard it was a comedy. No. no. It looks no. like it could be either way. But no, yeah. that's not going to go into comedy. Wouldn't it be I mean, great? it just looks hilariously. Yeah. <laughs> it looks hilarious, but it looks really it looks campy, but I think camp yeah. camp and humor and it, comedy are kind of different things. But how great exactly. would it be if Ridley Scott had a movie in both categories? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Right. But then you have Lady Gaga in in that category and she'll just win, right? Because who else is going to beat her in that? comedy musical category um i wonder what is the eyes of tina fee that will that be a drama i imagine right i don't know i haven't seen it yet i mean it's it's funny but it's it's got to be a drama can't clarence you saw it right yeah um i it's one of those things where it's 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 up to the the studio and how they want to push it they're going to put respect in um, yeah. in comedy musical because Jennifer Hudson can't compete against um, uh, Kristen Stewart, who will definitely be in drama. Okay, so win. if it's Jennifer Hudson versus Lady Gaga, I think Jennifer Hudson wins it. Wow. Okay. And the reason I think that isn't isn't yeah. I haven't seen Lady Gaga in this movie, and she might be great, but after the year that they've had and the partnering with the NAACP, do you really think they're gonna? Do that. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think she has a good shot there. I mean, they picked yeah. all people other than Jodie Foster. They picked all people of color last year to win. So, and I'm not saying mm. that's the only reason Jennifer Hudson would win, but I am saying that there's a chance that they might prioritize her winning over, say, Lady Gaga. You know. I think there's a better chance of that, definitely with the Globes than with the Oscars, because right. with the Globes, it's like you just got those 80 people. They could all have lunch together at the same time at the same table if they wanted to. It's, yeah. They're very much closely in contact with each other. So I don't think that they go off with their ballot into privately, you know, do their own little thing. I think there can there can definitely be some collusion between the the voting the voting membership about how they're going to have things come down. I'm not saying it's corrupt or anything. I'm just saying that they talk to each other and they know what they, they're more of a, they more, they're more of a group think group, I think, than most other awards groups. Yeah. Because but, they, yeah. they can talk to each other about how they want to 
present themselves and how bad they want to, how they want to balance things. Let's say that they for sure, like everybody else, are going to be on the lookout for not being Oscar so white, right? They're gonna they're definitely going to be mm-hmm. looking in that direction, and I think most people are. And but I feel like they have King Richard, they have Will Smith, you know, maybe Jennifer Hudson could make history, but. Best actress is going to be interesting because I feel like the the heat is with Kristen Stewart right now, big time. Um, I don't know how long that 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 will last, but it feels like that's what it is right now. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kristen yes. Stewart. Um, okay, so we didn't really get any questions this time, which is really sad. I think we have. A there's a couple out there. Because I, I guess people hate me on Twitter. No, stop. <laughs> no, we announced it kind of late, but uh, we did get a few. What do we get? Go it ahead was just and read an them. hour. Yeah. Yeah. So Rick Rick Friel asked, what do you think it would take to get young people interested in the Academy Awards? I've been watching since, uh, since I was a kid, but my two stepdaughters have never had any enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter... As my daughter, right? Imagine growing up. Emma, I had her the year that I started <laughs> this website. And it's the job that I've been doing. And you'd think that that would make her interested in the Oscars. But to her and her friends, this is like years ago she told me this, is that they think of the Oscars as like the Oscar movie. And then it's always the same movie. Like they were turned off by it long ago. Um, mm. Because of the way sort of the tight tightly monitored um trajectory i think of the awards and the kind of movies that they pick it it you know we've gotten to a place where everything has to be kind of perfect and they're not movies that they're particularly interested in on the other hand i i have readers of my site who who started reading it when they were kids or teenagers and they've still they're still reading it which blows my mind but that does happen like like damien chazelle yeah, like Damien Chazelle. He re- he read it as a as a teen and he still did not. reads it today. That's amazing. Yeah, remember he yeah he told us after uh, First Man. Yeah, that's incredible. That he, I mean, I think some people he, are gravitate towards it because of the game of it, the fun of it, the glamour of it. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think that it's not that the the problem that they have to solve with with young people is the same problem they have to solve generally, which is they have to re- figure out a way to plug into what people think outside the bubble of of you know film critics and film twitter and if they can do that you know movies have always been a communal experience right they haven't always been so divided as they are now into these separate niches look at netflix is able to reach these young people with movies like you know parasite i think actually was a movie that a lot of young people were really into um you know, so I, I don't think it's impossible. Like Squid Game, for instance, I think the Academy just has to be, and the awards race has to be a little more flexible in terms of what kinds of movies can get nominated. You know, um, and not necessarily limit it. Like if you have a movie like Parasite, it's just a great movie that they're gonna love, and and you don't necessarily have to limit it to just being an international movie, but it can still be in the race. I think that's the kind of thing that'll keep them interested. I think one thing too, in previous generations, one generation or two generations ago, there really wasn't a lot of ways to to follow movies. If you loved movies, you you were interested in the Oscars because it was like the only time that you ever heard about anybody else caring about the Oscars about movies as much as you did. Now there's so much saturation coverage about movies that 
kids kids get enough of it year round. Mm-hmm. They don't really need to have the one special night a year right. when when it's all about the movies because it, all year all year long it's about the movies and it's about the movies that they care about all year round. And then when it finally gets to the the one big night of the year, it's not often the movies that they care about are not included, like you say. But when I was a kid, I know my parents always wanted to watch the Oscars on Oscar night and and I would watch the show with them. And for me back then, when I, I mean, I was a little kid and the movies that they that won or they talked about, they stuck in my mind, the titles did, but there was, I didn't get to see them because they were too old for me. They were grown up movies. You know, none of the kids movies, of course, ever got nominated for Oscars. But for me, when I watched the Oscars as a kid, it was like something to dream about the one day I would get to see and get to get to see what the big deal was all about. Mm-hmm. You know, and but th- that's all gone now. None of that anticipation or or awe or or wonder is, is is present anymore because any any everything is accessible to everyone year round and so the oscars have they're not a there's not such a pinnacle of the of, of of the movie year anymore my my yeah i agree with that but i also think get a host get a host that doesn't care what twitter thinks make it controversial make it an exciting <laughs> yes. thing to watch mm-hmm. not something that they play it safe don't play it safe and nominate Dune. Put Dune in there. You'll uh-huh. get you'll get people um, to watch, you know. So Scott Kernan asked about Belfast, but we've talked a lot about that it being the front runner. Uh, Raul Gama asked if uh, Will Smith wins for King Richard, will it be uh, similar to Sandra Bullock's win for the blind side, or will it be more on the performance? Both. I, I, I compared the film to Blind Side out of Tell Your so I I lean that it's more about the popularity and the longevity of career. Uh, but what do you guys think? I, w- I would agree. That's not the best performance of the year. Right. right. What do you think is? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I, know. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So far I mean, for me, it's Cumberbatch. I'm sorry. I, I, Will Smith is is good in, um, in King Richard, but he's not the best performance in the film. I think yeah. Anjanou Ellis is better than he is. Yeah, hard to argue. I'm going to ask, I mean, um, someone asked. Well, let me just add to my answer on the best actor thing. The thing is, is Benedict Cumberbatch does give the best performance. Best performance doesn't always win, as everybody knows. Look at how long it took Al Pacino to win um, (laughs) for best actor compared to, and and Paul Newman, compared to all the performances they've given over over time. Um, Will it be like Sandra Bullock and the Blind Side? Yes, except for the fact that people won't be embarrassed about it in years to come. I think that um, he he plays a guy that people root for and that are happy about. The only problem for Will Smith in that, in terms of winning, is is the real guy. Like, is that story going to erupt in in an unpredictable way? Is the real King Richard, is some bizarre, awful thing going to come out? That nobody knows about that could derail. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. As I said, there's a lot. There's a lot already known, and it's kind of in the movie, so they don't like shy away from a lot of it. Right. uh, As far as like the children with other women and things like that. So I don't know. I don't. That's all uh, I mean. Like, is if there's any sort of controversy that could bring him down, 
That's yeah. the only thing I would I would think about. I, I always, you know, remember when I thought that Denzel Washington was going to win for Hurricane and, and there was some controversy, I think, Aww. that ended up hurting yeah. him for that. And same with Russell Crowe, who's going to win for A Beautiful Mind. And his, <laughs> <laughs> he had a fit at the BAFTAs. So, and yeah, he so he beat up somebody or something like he that. He beat up some guy and wouldn't let him read his poem at the BAFTAs. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up losing. So, you know, those kind of things can derail an actor. But um, I think King Richard is going to be more popular than The Blind Side. I think if it goes as, as I think it mm -hmm. will, it'll be picture, director, screenplay, actor, supporting actress. That's pretty much it. But I think it's going to be one of the major. I, I would consider yeah. it one of the top five if we were only having five this year. I think look for it in sound and, and editing possibly too with all the, the back and forth tennis shots and whatnot I, mm -hmm. I could i could see it getting the recognition there as well you really can't count out the fact that it's a crowd pleaser and people are yeah. in the mood for crowd pleasers and i think that's that's really going to push that and belfast towards the top um power of the dog might end up standing the test of time more than either of those two you know um but that's just the way it goes um Okay, so I guess that's it, right? For well, our... the last the last question we kind of already hit on, which was uh, Palmer Eldritch asked about Peter Dinklage going all the way for Best Actor, but we kind of already hit on all that. Peter Dinklage, yeah, Peter Dinklage would be winning if not for Will Smith, probably. Um, Will Smith just has the stronger Best Picture heading into the race. Um, he has the well, Peter Dinklage. I thought Peter Dinklage was going to be the winner until I saw. King Richard. So we'll just have to see how it goes. It could be derailed, you know, and if it is derailed, then, well, Cumberbatch is great too, but I don't know that people pick, sometimes they do, sometimes they pick villains like Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood, one, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins for uh, Silence of the Lambs, but, but I don't know about this year in terms of how people are feeling about things, if that's going to happen. Um, Maybe the wrong kind of villain, you know. There's a very he's a, a villain in a in a kind of way that has never and has never won best actor before. Mm -hmm. Those the, the, a character like that just does not. I mean, he's he's he's. Uh, well, you know, I can't. I, you know, I, go ahead. I don't, how, I don't want to ruin ahead. it. For, I don't want to ruin it. As, I mean, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet, or for people who don't know the story. But is is um. There's a level of cruelty there that, and but at the same time, a simp, uh, at the very end of the novel, is, is there's a, you feel sympathy for him too. I don't know, is, 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 a, is the movie like that? Cumberbatch character, I mean. I think he's pretty much a bad guy. Do you okay. guys agree with that? Like he's just kind of a bad guy? Yeah, but I, I felt for him. I don't know. It, it wasn't like a, a. There's something. There's something underneath the surface there. I think in his in his bad guyness. Yeah. As in, he's repressing his homosexuality, and that has turned him into a terrible person, who's gonna yeah know, hurt other people because yeah. he can't express the life he's living. He can't express his true desires. He has to act macho, in order to mm -hmm. you know to blot out those feelings that he has. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, his performance yeah. was so strong that I could not sleep without thinking about it. it. Like it haunted me as I closed my eyes. It was so intense. 
mean, he's so good. This is the best performance he's ever given for sure. And he's, he's good in everything. Yeah. But, yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's our podcast. I don't know if it was the best podcast we've ever done, but we made it through. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like top three. <laughs> it's gotta be top three and a preferential ballot. It's top three. Right. Oh, Actually, I don't know about preferential ballot. <laughs> preferential. I, I have one more question. Okay, go ahead. We haven't talked about being the Ricardos. Oh. And the trailer that dropped today. Oh. <laughs> do we have? Do we have to? <laughs> what did you guys think? No, I, What's the read well, on that? It looks really odd, and especially um, how they're the way the, tra the, the the teaser trailer is cut into to not show Nicole Kidman very much except for that one scene where she's stomping the grapes where she's reenacting lucy's um famous uh stomping the grape sequence i don't i don't know it just it, it has it, a very yeah. hitchcock feel to me not the great director but the film with, uh, <laughs> right anthony hopkins <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that was the choice um to do that i'm not sure why they went with that is that because they think that that's what people are waiting to see is how she looks or I mean, it's a teaser. I don't know, but it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The big reveal. It, it, it makes me wonder if they're, if the Globes will put that in comedy and she could be a contender yeah. for actress. Yeah, I, think I, bet it's, it will, I bet it will be. I don't know. I think it seems pretty serious. Like, okay. I don't, I, from what I've heard, it's not funny because it's about his philandering. Um, mm. I think that uh, her the, my first impression, but I'm old and I remember I love Lucy and used to watch it all the time. Is that her voice did not sound at all like Lucy's? No, it doesn't. So, she's not even she's not even trying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and but Lucy had a very distinctive voice, and so that was my initial thought was, wow, that doesn't sound at all. I love Nicole Kidman. You know, I think she's great in everything. So I trust her that she'll be able to pull this off. You know. Um, what I've heard about the test screenings is people say that he's really good. Javier Bardem is best in show. So keep him open for potentially for supporting. Um, but I, I don't know. It didn't really strike me particularly either way. You know, I, 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 I think that I've sort of already said that, you know, I, I always have a little bit of hesitancy with people who aren't natural directors writers who become directors actors who become directors like directing is a specific skill that you're really good at you know or you're not and and i feel like with with people who are writers and actors they do an okay job a lot of the time but they're not martin scorsese you know what i mean they're not jane campion like to me i'm a person who is really into director directors you know um so when i look at a movie like that I, you know you always have to sort of great on a on a curve once because you know he's a writer this is his third movie so you know maybe it'll be better than the last two no offense to anybody who liked his last two movies but i think that um i thought that chicago seven was was pretty good but it wasn't great and so um i hope that you know he's learning as he goes along you know uh I thought the, the same about Lost Daughter. Like, I thought that she has good instincts and she's heading in the right direction, but she's not quite there yet in terms of how I see film directing. But, you know, I know a lot of people don't have those same standards. So um, we'll see. I like Aaron Sorkin. I hope it's great. Right? What mm -hmm. else can you yeah. say? Yeah, he's definitely in his wheelhouse, though, with, with television and uh, um, 
it just feels more naturally suited to him over something like uh, um, Chicago Seven. Yeah, I mean, I you know, if you have to go, Mark, um, or anybody has to go, I, I do want to address one more thing on this podcast, if possible, and then we can just mm-hmm. hang up. Go ahead. So this conversation is is cropped up about the last duel I see on Twitter, and people are saying things like, you know. Uh, I noticed that the people are saying like, oh, it's about, you know, rape and women don't want to go see rape. And why don't you put a trigger warning on that? But the thing is, is that the thing I liked about it was that, you know, it, it it's a movie for, for adults. Right. And if you want to take that out, then you, you can't really make that movie. Right. Because it's all about a rape. Right. The whole movie is premised on this this famous story from the 1300s where a famous woman was raped and she told her story and the the story became really famous across the land and it became a he said, she said thing, right? Where, where the guy was denying it and she was saying it happened. So Ridley Scott tells the story in three different versions and he does have to show the rape because of that. Like you can't make this movie and not show it. So I guess my question (laughs) is, do you guys think that Twitter is going to derail the movie because of that? I don't think so. I, I I wonder sometimes really, I mean, and I think that there are people who are inclined to, to feel the same way as these, as the complaints that you just outlined. I think they wouldn't have been inclined to go see the movie anyway. So I don't think that people who want to see a movie like this are going to be dissuaded from seeing it by, by some, by a few people on Twitter. I don't, I mean, of course, I don't know how widespread this 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 opinion is that you that you're reading because I it's first I've heard of it, but I don't think I don't see how it can really get traction outside of a certain circle of people who may not have been that interested in seeing the movie in the first place and maybe in fact just looking for a way to to deride it or or um, um, dismiss dismiss it or undermine it even. What do you? Yeah. What do you think, um, Clarence? Because you're I think you're the only other one who's seen it. What do I think specifically whether or not the Twitter rape controversy associated with the last duel will will keep it from Academy contention? I mean, it's it's a it's a historic epic. It's it's a true story. I mean, it's not like it glorifies it. It it it. This is I had this conversation on uh, with someone else um, in that um, offline, not associated with the Oscar world, but it, it it's it's so interesting because it asks you to look at rape in a in in different ways mm-hmm. right it, it asks you to understand how adam driver's character legree could be in that same room and and not see it as rape right, right? there's 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 a scene that leads up to that where basically there's an orgy where he um chases a woman and she's laughing and running and screaming and he grabs her and and he has sex with her and and you know you could see it that I'm not excusing it in what's in, in any way, right. shape, or form because very clearly it is rape by the time you get to her story. Um, but it, it it just it's it's so interesting that it puts it out there in a conversation. And I don't think that discerning audiences will fault it for being about rape. Yeah. I mean does don't, don't aren't people able to to wrap their head around the fact that it took place that this incident took place five or six centuries ago? 
You know, it, well, I think the, that the there's attitudes, a, attitudes in the 600 years ago were a little bit different than they are now. I think it's more about like they're obviously anti-rape, right? But but it's more right. about do they want to sit there and watch a movie that shows a rape? I think that's really where they're having they're feeling because I've seen, you know, people that I like on Twitter saying like they they feel like it should come with a trigger warning or they feel um, that it's too harsh to watch. And I was thinking about that today and I was thinking, you know, I grew up watching The Exorcist when I was like 10. Whatever it's yeah. like. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think that you, you know, when you are protected and you are insulated and you, you know, you do see something that is real. I think it, it's hard to it's not real, but it's hard to process it if, if you keep it out of your mind. But I didn't feel personally that the it was so like for instance the rape in the uh, the accused with Jodie Foster. Right, I was just thinking about that. It's a really a lot worse. Oh yeah, no, that's that yeah. is one of the hardest, I think, scenes I've ever seen of a rape. That is a really, but it's still a great movie, and you still want to watch it. Although I do sometimes fast forward over that scene, I will admit. But I think that it's yeah, once it's, you've seen it, yeah, when you've seen it once, you don't need to like. It's not something you look forward to seeing again, but it was an important movie at the time. Not only was it a good movie, but it was important, and she won Best Actress, right? Mm-hmm. Again, that's that it has time. Have time. If they're if they're worried about a trigger warning, aren't aren't the aren't the tweets and the and the people being made aware of it by them bringing it up? Isn't that the trigger warning that they're yeah. asking for? Aren't I don't they know. Providing it seems like it, yeah, exactly. The movie couldn't be more of a Me Too movie. To me, like he yeah. takes absolutely the point of view of the the victim. He doesn't at all try to say that she's lying, but but the thing is, is um, I think they they feel like, I mean, they're just so weird, like how they're posturing, like this is some sort of center of power. The movie is so subtle, like what you were saying, Clarence, is it's so nuanced in terms of power, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're showing that she's a, a kind of a woman of status, right? But it doesn't matter in that instance. And they also make the point to show that it happens to poor women who don't have any status or power and they have to just shut up about it. Like I, to me, mm. it is one of the best movies I've ever seen that handles the conversation of rape that, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like, I mean, not again, not having seen it because I haven't seen anything, but it sounds like to me, there would almost be inspiring in a way as, as, as a depiction of one of the historical milestones when women were finally mm-hmm. able or felt empowered enough to stand up for themselves and speak out against what was happening. And they, that should be they didn't even. Something that Just women would... this one woman did, right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think... And, so, and it was justly famous for that reason, and that's why the yes, story has endured exactly. over the centuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what... Go ahead, Clarence. I think what Disney, who obviously owns the film, needs to do if they're interested in getting people to see it, particularly the Academy, is to underscore the fact that this isn't just a historical epic that shows a rape it is a historical epic that shows a rape that then makes you that draws very specific parallels or even tells the story from a 2021 Mm -hmm. perspective there's a trial scene toward the end that is just like oh this is exactly why women don't report rape (laughs) then it still happens today Yeah, exactly. Um, And you wouldn't like she doesn't even want I mean, I I don't want to ruin it for anybody who doesn't know what it's about. But um, I mean, if you go looking on the Internet, you can certainly find out because it's it was very um, widely discussed and there there is material about it. But um, but I think from my perspective, the directing, the editing, the you want to watch a movie by a pro. 
Ridley Scott is a pro, man. The guy knows what he's doing, and it's so great to watch him with a bunch of actors who know what they're doing. Like, I just felt like it was on a level of the, that a lot of movies haven't been able to meet this year. They're good, but they're not like that, you know? Right. And so, I also, last I thing didn't, else. I, I didn't even realize until you were discussing it just today, just tonight, that it, that it was told from three different perspectives like like as it is because because the, the the nonfiction book is not like that it just tells a straight narrative I, I don't recall that the book goes into different points of view about it because it's just, it's it's mm-hmm. more a book of history and so it doesn't it doesn't take a any kind of narrative license like that but that's a really interesting way to present the story and anybody who loves movies Surely grew up loving a movie like Rashomon, which that's does the exactly same thing, right. right. And then people have compared it to that because it's it's a story from different perspectives, and that that was why it captivated the the time and the country because they were all of them taking a side and they were all trying to. But of course, the side was generally speaking against the the woman. It's great. I think I interrupted you again, Clarence. You, you were about to say one other thing. I just wanted to say one last thing. I think a lot of this comes from this this feedback on Twitter comes from the cultural exhaustion of rape as a plot device. And right. I don't think it's the film's fault. I think it's it's television. Mm. Um, sloppy television uses rape a lot. Um, television they get streamed a lot. You know, they use rape a lot. And it's not I won't say in all cases this is the case, but a lot of cases it's not explored in any way. It is just a plot device that uses that is just used to move the story forward. The last duel does mm-hmm. not do that. The last duel asks, you know, looks at different perspectives. It has a conversation about it. But, you know, something like, you know, as good as the show is, something like The Handmaid's Tale uses rape as a torture device. And people are exhausted of that. Right. I, I agree. Mm. Well, that's wonderful, you guys. Thanks for chit-chatting. I think we had a, a decent enough podcast. Top three, maybe not. Top, but... top three, of at least of the week. Of the <laughs> we week. saved it. At least of the week. We saved it by a semi-substantive conversation at the end. <laughs> um, all right. It was nice talking with you guys. We're going to keep trying to aim for every other Tuesday if we can. Um, Sounds right? good. All right. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, and you guys have a good night. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Good night.